Hey, what's up, everybody? You're listening to Cannabis Karaoke, where we ask you to grab the mic and tell your story. Get inside info from today's most interesting cannabis pioneers, and from the first note to the end of the song, listen up as you get to hear the stories of success on Cannabis Karaoke. All right, we are back with Cannabis Karaoke, and uh, today's guest is... is uh, you know, we've been having some hitters. You know, I keep saying that on every show because literally every person I talk to seems to be banging. But uh, we're going to be welcoming a stand-up comic, a cannabis stand-up comic, and a stand-up comic, a, a cannabis personality, uh, a founder of Leaf of Faith Beverage, which is a over-the-counter stock that you can buy right now. It, and he's also the founder of Nug Life Radio. And you might all know him as Medicinal Mike, but I want to welcome Michael Boris, his official God-given name, to the show, man. Uh-huh. What's up, you stoner? Hey, What's up, fucker? What are you doing? My, my slave name. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, yeah, that's, until it's... it went legal, we couldn't even use our real names. I mean, that's why everybody has nicknames, you know, from back from six years and beyond. That's true, right? Like, it's... You, you had you to give the cops any name you could to get out of the deal. My name's Medicinal Mike. <laughs> Medicinal Mike. Yeah, I'm a physician. <laughs> I'm a licensed cannabis provider. That's my job. Who licensed you, Mike? Who licensed myself? Uh, thanks for having me too on the show. I appreciate it, brother. Fuck yeah, dude. I'm. It's been a minute. We've we've bounced bounced off each other throughout the industry. Uh, you've always been an amazing dude, uh, promotionally, physically, and just in all the things that you're doing. And and I'm really excited for the listeners to kind of hear it from a guy that's like been in the space for a minute and also kind of take your perception. And then I also really want to congratulate you dude on, on your, uh, leaf of faith, uh, beverage company. That's fucking amazing, dude. Like uh, that doesn't happen. That's not easy. Let's talk about, let's kick that business part of it off first. Talk about that dude. Cause that's, that's crazy. Two two long years. I mean, I can only say certain things unless you go, you know, through your meetings with your board members and all that crap and put public releases out. Uh, but it took two years. Uh, predominantly, we're a CBD beverage company, and uh, we have four flavors. Uh, we're in a whole bunch of shops out here in Southern California, and uh, we started in with V Group, which is VGID Beverage Company. We merged with them and then spun out into our own entity, and uh, we're, we're hoping to become the number one CBD beverage company uh, for fruit beverage in the world <laughs> global when you when you um do because you were that's early bro two years ago like nobody even knew about cbd two years ago technically well i've been preaching cbd you know with the radio show for almost a decade now you know where you actually at these events i would host these giant mega events and you're the whole show you know mixed with comedy is spent educating your audience on what cbd is how it can help uh, and helping to get it to people who needed it, you know, especially uh, when you have children that are suffering from ailments. And we would drive it state to state to state, you know, and moving our RSL along back before uh, everybody was taking pictures of it and splashing their faces all over Instagram for votes or likes or whatever they're going after. Yeah, because I remember watching you, you know, we've, we've been friends for a little bit, and I remember watching you on, you post, uh, you know, your stuff and like, just grinding, bro, grinding every single day. And now give me or give the listeners a little bit of like, so two years, publicly traded company, going global, 
you know, it's not easy to do any of those things, let alone combined. Now you're seeing all these bandwagoners, right? Or people that are just, I mean, frankly, just, you know, don't. When you come out, when you're the one of the first to do a lot of things, you know, before cannabis was popular and you were still frowned upon and looked at like some, you know, dirty stoner, if you're smoking, uh, we created a lot of different concepts to see what would catch on. We were doing cannabis game shows and putting them out through YouTube, uh, the radio show, live action series. Uh, you know, we work with Martin Archer from Rick and Morty, uh, and we're doing the animation. Uh, and you just have to, you don't feel like you're grinding. Cause it's like, okay, one day a week, we get to go out and be ghost hunters. You know, one day a week, I'm on stage doing comedy one day a week. So it's always something different. So, and it just all happens to come out at the same time. Uh, but it's just, it's a lot of fun. Like, uh, but how are you feeling? What do you think about some of these other brands that are jumping on? What, 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 you know, so here's the thing with this new generation. They're, they're used to quick, they need quick accomplishments. So they don't want to put any work into anything. That's not going to pay off by the end of the day. So it's more of, I call them pretendivists. Uh, wait a minute. What was that again? I got to get my pen out. What was that? Pretendivist. Pretend. So okay. back in the day, we would go out to raids and we would film raids because nobody else was, you know, seeing what's going on. It was dangerous for us. Uh, we would hold picket signs at the federal buildings. They don't do that anymore. You know, they, they feel like prohibition is here. They can smoke uh, and everything's gone. They have never seen the medical side of it. They've never seen anybody suffering or, uh, you know, have given themselves that 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 edge, you know or something deeper, you know, so they just, they just fake it out, you know, doing dabs all day on an Instagram with different products. So people send you free stuff. That is not activism. That's not, you know, you're not influence influencing anything unless you have pretty blue hair or, you know, whatever, if they're, they're watching, it's not for education reasons. And the only reason that the cannabis community is where it is at today is through people that have pushed education enough to start swaying votes. Even though it's not where we want here in California, this is the crappiest legal, you know, that, that you can call it. It's basically taking everybody out of business, uh, but at least they're voting. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of talk right now about, you know, driving through L.A., for example, I was there last week, and you, you know, you're driving by buildings that you know are not licensed, and they've got lines, and then you know, like, then there's buildings that are like, dispensary not open anymore. You know, they have to, like, be very, and then they're still probably selling out of there. And and that's because the way we, or the way the government has kind of set up how cannabis is regulated. And look, not to bang on the government too bad, but it's like, they got a bunch of people that don't smoke weed probably trying to make the rules for people that want to smoke weed. So that's the first problem that we kind of have going on. And, and to your point, well, go ahead. They're trying to find money. Yeah, they they need money, and if they can't make money off you, then they don't care whether you're doing it or not. Once they find a way to make money, how they've done in California, and just extort the fees and the taxes so high, uh, they they just don't care. I just had a big old cop drive by me. Sorry. <laughs> oh shit! We're a hey, not to like j- shout out where Anza, you're at, but where are you at right now? You're in Cali, right? I, I live I live in Anza, California, where they just did a hundred raids, random raids. And now they call them Marijuana Mondays, and they go out and raid everybody. We're like the Humboldt of San Diego. Uh, oh, yeah, dude. San Diego doesn't mess around down there. Those pe- I remember back way back when we were rolling through in, like, Chula Vista, like, I'd go into a, a dispensary that have, like, CPA and accountant, you know, on the window, and the windows are just mirrored out. And then you go in, and it's just two doors later, you're in the dispensary. It's like a speakeasy. And they're still 
There's a little bit of action happening in San Diego, though. There's some dispensaries well, that are open. I, I ran DMC. It was called Balboa Medical Center. It was the largest dispensary at its time in San Diego before the big raid six years ago. Uh, and back then, you would work, and you knew they were coming to get you. So every day, you were just stressed out and tense until finally – uh, they kick the windows in, you know, they're ripping out the ceiling. They've got everybody on the ground. And coincidentally, I went out to get coffee five minutes before that happened. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> once we got raided, it was game over. Yeah. So did you end that up doing any, better. did you end up catching a charge for that or doing any time? No, no, not at all. Actually, uh, they just took a lot of money, a lot of marijuana, and it was have a nice day. And I never heard about it again. Man, that's got it. That is, you know, that's. Those are the stories that you, all you listeners that are like savagely consuming cannabis content at every angle. I appreciate that, you know, very much. But like, you got to realize, I mean, people paid some dues. I mean, we got people that are doing, you know, 20 years, 30 years for, and they're still in. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they get forgotten about real fast. There's a group called POW 420. Uh, Adela Falk, I think she's running for like mayor or Congress or something right now. Uh, but they spend all their time just writing letters to people who are on long-term nonviolent uh, cannabis offenses and trying to help them with their legals and, you know, get them out. They Isn't help there already something? I mean, that's, it's just a paperwork transaction from what I understand. As long as you don't have a nonviolent uh, offense, like all you listeners out there, you have family and check it out. It's, it's not like you have to lawyer up and go to battle. Like I think if you have a nonviolent uh, offense and you're in jail right now i think there's a way to get that commuted am i right or am i and you gotta imagine though the jail systems are privately owned and if they released i mean how many people what was it uh three hundred and eighty six thousand or six hundred and eighty six that's some enormous number of just cannabis offenders locked up if they released everybody they're you know they would go out of business well so what are they going to fill with next? and that's where we're messed up in, as a society it's like we do the same thing to our kids. They really don't care if you're there. You just have to be there for attendance. And then if you disappear, it doesn't really matter. No, Nobody's <laughs> doing any truancy. But we have to change that from making money incarcerating people and making money rehabilitating people. Because I think that the second half, I mean, the, the goal for prisons should be that they don't have to only but house the absolute worst people. And that's just people. If you're listening right now, no fucking joke right now. Seriously. You got to realize there's people doing time for the weed you're smoking right now. So just go donate, figure it out, try to be part of the solution on stuff. You know, don't just jump on the bandwagon. Sorry, PSA over. PSA. Yeah, and learn about recidivism rates if you want to blow your mind. Uh, that's where they make their money. And that it's, you know, once they get you, they'll let you go because they know you're coming back. So, and that recidivism rate is the rate at which people are leaving and returning, leaving and returning, and it's more than are going in. They keep those prisons full. Yeah, man. It's it's not – it's no no bueno. Let's get positive right now. Um, that was positive, but, like, that's an activism thing. If you're going to get involved in – like, that might be the thing I tell people, Mike, now when they ask me, how do I get involved in cannabis? Go get some people out of jail. Start there and build your goodwill in the space and the karma gods will bless you. Um, let's talk about your stand-up comedy. Um, sure. What type of who, first of all, who inspired you? Um, second art, like best show, worst show. Like give me your like times you were dodging tomatoes as much as people giving you standing O's. And then like, let's talk a little bit about the, the pain of, 
of comedy and not necessarily associated with cannabis, but like it's it's really I've been around a comedian my whole life and I've seen some bad shit, man. Well, they say that bad parents make great comedians, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> you'll find that comedians usually have had oh, uh poor upbringings and uh uh, you know, very depressed and they're using the stage as therapy. Uh, and the worst thing a comic can be is unfunny because then they go out there for that therapy and that flow doesn't come out. <laughs> and then they go postal or they start hurting themselves. Uh, but comedy's rough. It doesn't pay a lot. It's a lot of work. I mean, there's one time where I was doing five days a week uh, of open mics of anywhere that, you know, will put a, a microphone in your hand. Um I went to school, comedy school. Joe Charles, he's awesome. Check him out. I uh, learned from Greg Dean. I went to improv school. I suggest going. If you're going to be a comic, put the work in. Don't expect to be awesome. Uh, and you get used to rejection real fast. <laughs> Boy, I make it sound great. It's like a crappy travel brochure. <laughs> no, but, you know, there's that creative itch that's inside you, and it's evident if you know if you follow medicinal mic, I wouldn't have started comedy. I would have been nowhere. You know, I started comedy. I, I, I ran the co-op right next to the comedy, uh, the madhouse, which was the comedy palace at the time. Still the comedy palace, but the madhouse moved out. But, uh, so I was next to the comedy palace, loved comedy my whole life. And then I would listen, uh, to the people, you know, doing stage work. And then I started just leaving weed in the tip bucket. They had a tip bucket. So I leave giant nugs in the tip bucket, you know, making friends before I get on the stage. And then uh, I started taking the classes. I did a couple of stage uh, open mics beforehand just to see how bad it was. And it's horrible. They're on YouTube, too. My first three times on stage, and it looked like I was reading a scroll. <laughs> I'm going to link out in the blog just because uh, one performer, uh, one yeah, performer to another, you, you got to love that stuff. That's the, that's the goal. MB Comedy Take 1, MB Comedy Take 2. And MB Comedy, I think, takes three or I don't know. It's like my first time. And I mean, it's horrible. How but long ago? How long ago was that? Probably like eight years, nine years. Yeah. But it's that creative you piece of you, though. You to do comedy, too. You know, no matter how old you are, get out there and hit a stage, you know. If you've got that itch, man, best. 100%. Yeah, it's the best. and it, it leads to other things. You meet people that start networking, then you meet writers, and you're like, if you're funny and they're funny mixed together, now you're writing something, and all of a sudden you're putting out scripts, or you're filming, you know, live action shows, or creating comic books, or you know, hosting weed events. Like it all started because I got up on stage that first time, uh, and and did comedy, and because I was doing weed jokes, and I didn't want my you know real life to mix in. I went up as Medicinal Mike and never gave my last name for years. Did you go up high, like just blazed? Dude, if you see me sober, something's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> something's wrong. Okay, just come up and give me a hug. Something's wrong. Oh, man. So, But, I mean, everybody does. I would just do – and I'm not a dirty comic. Well, my comedy's more family, you know, and it's like – no, I have the stoner family. Is that your new? Is that going to be your new byline? Like, come see Medicinal Mike, the family stoner comic. Oh, dude! If I can get all these kids doing comedy too, that would be great. Right? But, but you know, old enough to smoke, at least like eight. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <Just> kidding. <laughs> little fingers can clean the seeds out of the bud without breaking the stems. <laughs> oh, God. So 
yeah, you know, when you go up there, it's like not always the best comedians or the best writers or the best writers, the best comedians. So your point, it's like you kind of found inspiration um, from being passionate about it. And then you decided I'm going to give it a shot. And then it does lead to other opportunities, you know, like I'm not a really good rapper, but I, and I've tried to do stuff like parody wise, just as joke. And it's like, probably should stay away from it. But when it comes to like hosting or interviewing or any of that stuff, like I, I, I do well at that. And, but I had, and that leads to talk shows and then you're on stage and then you're working Hollywood and you're like, wow, this all started because I sat at my kitchen table with a, with a voice recorder and decided to start doing something. That's awesome. With a purpose. And then, so about how long did it take for that to start creating the creative juices to flow for writing treatments for shows and also part two and don't mix them. Um, part two is when did the hosting of events start to take place? So number so one is, kinda, go ahead. there was nobody else really doing weed comedy when I started. Right. So there was maybe three or four other people and they were all just starting out as well. Uh, so when these events started popping up, they didn't have hosts. You know, there was one guy that went out, I won't even say his name cause he's garbagey. Uh, and he would go out and just, you know, be there. You know, and that got everybody else's juices going. So uh, I said, I could do this. And, you know, I got up there. I started ed- education and class and format and just, you know, started with HempCon. And I started doing those shows. Uh, and then those shows led to, you know, Kush Expo, Boston Freedom Rally, Alaska Hemp Fest, Prague. I've, I've done nine countries in the last three years. Jamaica. Uh, I've been everywhere. Amsterdam. Uh, and then you meet the coolest people and then they're your family and now we're all booking together. So you end up almost, it's like a high school reunion every show. Uh, but I did my first year when I started the radio, which is how I got my, my popularity. It was just about getting comedians stoned. Uh, and that was it. And I was hoping it would lead to more comedy bookings. Well, I had a famous person on the show that I did a comedy show with, uh, that I won't mention that decided he's going to do the same show. And he did. He still does it today. And uh, we switched to an educational format. We hired in Dr. Wayne Kelly uh, and Benji Cooper and switched out the the comedy cast. And then we were immediately picked up by KNSJ, KSFR, KBOM in Vegas. Uh, We were just everywhere almost overnight because we had just a touch, you know, of comedy mixed in with this big education factor. So you were learning uh, why you were laughing. So, and retain that information. And we took call-ins. It was live at a half a million dollar studio. We were in the same place as, uh, Sandy Hagar, uh, with Invisage Radio. So, and then we were going towards XM, uh, at the time, Tim Eagle, I think his name was, whoever the exec was, said that, uh, nobody's going to be interested in the cannabis. It's too illegal. So, uh, we started doing, more weed shows, puppet shows. I mean, anything we could do and mix with cannabis with the equipment and the resources we had and the limited manpower, we've done it. And usually I don't cross plug, but you do. What was that? Weed wrestling. Oh no, dude, that belt was bad. That was, you put a lot of work into your stuff. That's I don't you and true stoner forum. You answered the second question first. So, um, but, but we'll, we'll stay on it for a minute. Um, you put a lot of creative flow into the types of events you host and the types of, and, and I just want to say back to the, you know, 
imitation is the sincerest form of flattery, my friend. So if somebody's knocking your shit off, you know, like first to orbit, first to be chased, like whatever, however you want to metaphor you want to put on it. If you're right. not expecting to, you know, even if you're stumbling through and it's got success in your own mind, like somebody's going to come along and try to nuke that thing off and do it their own way. So you just got to let it ride and do it better. Um, well, they don't, they don't see the detail to it. So when they see me, let's say, hosting a show, what you see is me on stage, telling jokes, throwing free weed, whatever I'm doing. They don't see I'm also running the stage, timing the bands. You know, I, I'm working with the well, there's production area. quality, it's, right? It's a job. Like, yeah. it's, I'm sweating. When I get to the stage, it's like my break. For sure. And, yeah. and, and again... I don't, I don't free shit either. I don't, I don't want anybody's free shit. I don't mind a joint when I'm smoking and stuff, but you, you're never going to see a bunch of rigs being ordered to my house because I'm going topless on Instagram to get high and tell you that some Chinese piece of crap glass rig is the best in the world this week and whoever wants to give me more rigs next week, they're the best. And... All right, we're switching gears. Creative Juices. So talk... Yeah, ADD, bro. No, <laughs> it's just fine. I just... Uh, you have a lot of topics I have to cover in a short amount of time. So I have to stay yeah, no, on. Just fear me. Just fear no, me. I know. I'll, no, no, I'll, no. I'll... Yeah. Hey man, listen, it's true gold. I mean, this is what people hopefully are tuning in to listen to is as far as like being real, you know what I mean? It's just, you can have people come on and, and do their canned discussion or their pitch or, you know, sometimes I don't even have dialogue. It just goes, you know, and the person just, just vents for 40 minutes. But um, <laughs> the situation is, on the creative side, so in doing the stand-up and hosting the events and, and kind of just getting knocked around in the cannabis space overall, like oh, yeah. how do you find the creative willpower and desire and to write treatments for different shows? And when you guys are working on them, how do you look to incorporate people that you feel like, you know, how do you cast your shows? Like how, how does somebody like Medicinal Mike Talk about the the paranormal show that you you guys were gonna. Are you still putting that out? Or are you putting out a different one? Or what's? Yeah, no, yeah. We just finished one out there in Nevada City. We did the third largest gold mine, uh, haunted too, man. Like I work, I have a parapsychology degree. I started as a, a stage psychic, like John Edwards at Caesar's Palace, Mandalay Bay, uh, and I would that that's at 19 years old. That's what I was doing uh, up until I was 23, I think. Uh, so I've always had the interest and the expertise in that field. And then I figured let's mix it with cannabis. <laughs> I think so, it's I mean, brilliant, dude. It's like, I, I, everybody's smoking cannabis anyway. We're just, you know, we don't sit there and, and we're not silly about it. It's a silly show, you know, getting a camera guy to walk through a haunted gold mine first because is just a fun thing in itself, you know, because he's scared. He doesn't want to go in. He's running out talking about something's in there and, uh, you know, it's not heavy on the, the ghost stuff as the comedy that leads up to it. So it's more putting together this weed ghost show. And then we fog it with CBD smoke to calm the ghosts. And Oh, I love, uh, dude, that's awesome. Do you, you could leave like a little altar with leaf of faith beverage and just like put it like with some, like a little sage that's joint. That's what he poured something. in the first show. That's what he poured in the fog machine. Fruit that's punch patient CBD. And I'm like, bro, I'm like, this is going to gunk up the machine, but it, smoked out just fine it had a nice smell too dude that's brilliant so when you're doing first of all i'm a big fan of the paranormal um little trivia fact uh may have shot a sizzle reel in santa cruz uh 
with some people. We went to a cemetery. Nothing happened, um, which was a bummer because I truly believe in it. And uh, big fan of like all the multiple ghost shows. Some of them are a little cheesy, and but some of them like they they really do use some killer technology and and I think the parody component of what you're doing is perfect. And we actually have plans off air that you know we work on together, but you can see, and we're going to get back on that track a lot harder, but you can see most of medicinal Mike stuff, um, on cannabis club TV and, uh, it's good channel stuff. One Oh five. I think what channel one Oh five. Yeah. And, and this is the thing though. The, the content is good. It's not like it's almost, I, I'm not going to say almost, it is as good as what a network station would put on. If they were to put well, it on. It's, it's hard. It's hard because I'm directing from the front of the camera. Uh, and, you know, everybody is where, you know, you get what you pay for. They're all free friend volunteers. Uh, I try to get a famous person in with us every time just to drag them through. Uh, and, but it's hard, man. I mean, the fact that we've and I, then I edit myself, too. So it takes forever to get them out uh, because of the other shows popping out in between. But I mean. It, it is so much fun. This Nevada City one we just finished, you could hear we brought a medium out. So now she's talking to ghosts and talking about she feels like she's choking. Somebody was hung in here. And this is the scariest underground mine and vaults and shafts. You hear screams like audible. You hear it all over the camera. And we have the great tech. We have the EMF readers, the EMPs, uh, you know, everything you would see on your typical ghost show, you know. And uh, or, or uh, Scott Migdal, our engineer, he builds it for us. <laughs> builds it for us he made us a reverse emp and it's supposed to get rid of the ghost but, uh, <laughs> dude made that's it from an old laundry part <laughs> dude that is like it's so brilliant like it's like the anti it's like the stoner way of trying to get rid of ghosts well if anybody's got experience listening in the camera world and all that we are a volunteer-based company and uh we feed you we'll smoke you out <laughs> well dude you know how it works so in hollywood like if you know Back in the day, if you wanted to throw an episode up, like it was all self-funded, you know, and you paid the network for yeah. a slot. You know it what is. I mean? I'm paying 1500 per episode, which is the lowest of, you know, it's insanely low for what it should cost. Yeah, because uh, seriously, traditionally, traditionally, it's like, I mean, even Lawrence Kaufman from uh, Troma, that's a low budget for him. So it's like to do it right it's like 100 grand 200 grand an episode minimal yeah and that's pre-talent it was 70 72 and they were doing my uh doc they wanted to do a documentary on me called smoke and mirrors and all this crap i'm doing and it was seventy two thousand they were trying to raise for the for the pilot episode yeah and i'm like that's ridiculous i work with lloyd kaufman did uh, you really would you I, dude i was yeah. toxic when, i was a toxic avenger one time were you really, dude? I yeah. was just in a movie called uh, Helitosis, The Legend of Stank Mouth. <laughs> and it's about a mutant who has a butthole for a mouth. Oh, my God. He's got like a butt on his mouth, and poop comes out when he talks, and he lives in the basement with his mother. And I get disemboweled and then raped. Well, I get, I'm dead already, so it's not rape. It's uh, uh, necrophilia. <laughs> and while the mother's watch, true trauma. I mean, if you watch trauma films, this is the, you know, the theme is over the top grotesque and offensive. Oh, it's like jello blood and just, you know, really bad props and, you know, just, yeah. but you know, dude, some seriously, seriously successful people have come through those, those, uh, annals. You know what I mean? Like, uh, what the heck? South park guys, Trey Parker, Mount stone. Like those guys were one of the first, you know, 
people that started putting out, I can't remember what they had like a cowboy themed uh, movie out, got to hang out with them a little bit before they were huge. You know what I mean? And, uh, it's like, there's been some like really famous people circulate through there. And again, Lloyd's kind of mentality is like hard work pays off, work your face off and you'll be, you'll be successful. And it, that's a lot he's of super active. He's still, you know, he was, he's there on the film shoots. And I mean, he'd be going for what, like 50 years. I don't know, dude, that guy is the crypt keeper. I mean, he, I remember we did a premiere in uh, Beverly Hills. I cannot remember the theater. It was like in the Hollywood area. It might not have been Beverly Hills specific, but we did a toxic Avenger release. I went to two film festivals with him. You know what I mean? Like for just because I was like, I would shoot paparazzi stuff for those guys. I would come in and do post edit. I, you know, all, of course, all volunteer, you know, travel places and taught me a lot like uh, about the back end of the industry, you know, how hard it is on the back end to actually succeed. And they held their own um, version, you know, Sundance film festival has got 50 other slam dance, you know, X dance, you know, whatever it is. And so they held their own um, little film festival. I remember in this, like, really on the outskirts of town is like in this like ghetto building. And, uh, that was Lloyd man, you know, and you're fortunate enough to actually got to do m- way more than me, you know, like that, that yeah, is, that is huge. From, what's the bong? Evil bong or something is the one where the bong's alive and eating people or whatever, but we have the same makeup artist. So we were listening to stories about evil bong while he's painting buttholes and blood. And see, that's, that's really where your creativity came from is just by, pushing the envelope in your creative output. You know what I mean? Most- well, you write so much. You'll write. And I mean, if you're doing just a, you know, let's say a 30 minute episode, you got 28 pages or so of script. Now you want to see it, you know, and if you love the script, you want to see it. So you call and you beg everybody you can, uh, to, to help get their time together and make these. And you hope that maybe someday somebody sees it or if anything, you know, something cool my kids will like to watch when they're older. Yeah, man. So what's, so the episode, you said three? Yeah, so you can watch uh, Patience, which is where the drinks and everything started out from. Uh, Patience, episode one, two, three, and four. We did a Christmas one. Uh, and those are awesome. Like, I, I love the quality. I love how they came out. Uh, and then we started doing the Speakeasy live shows and the Surviving Chalice. I started doing shows about going to these weed events and actually uh, – you know, doing the show properly as opposed to running around like your first day at Disneyland. Sure. Like a day in the life kind of, is that what you think? Yeah, that? Exactly. Right. Exactly. And, you know, going to the booths, but not really talking to them, just kind of showing you what's there. And, uh, that one's called surviving chalice. I was at the chalice festival. Oh, we did, uh, we did uh weed smarts. So I went out to Venice beach and just like street smarts, I was asking random people dressed up silly, of course, uh, asking random personalities questions about cannabis to see the education level of the community out there. And it's hysterical. It's, that looks great. You can see that on, uh, I don't know, YouTube or... No, it's going to be on... Can- it'll be on TV. Cannabis Club TV. We'll talk after we get off and see if you want it to be... Yeah, yeah, on 105. It could stay on your channel that you have because we're actually building up the whole mobile and web play. I mean, I don't... I'm not trying to plug Cannabis Club TV, but the... You know, we are where we want people to come, and I want people to be able to see your stuff, and we give it to them through the phone, through the web, and, and in dispensary. Maybe we could just live it on 105, or maybe it's its own channel. I, What other treatments do you have? You haven't even talked about Highly Ghosted. It's still called Highly Ghosted, right? Oh, yeah, Highly Ghosted. That's, uh, that's I mean, you talked a little bit about it, but how many episodes are there of that? 
I've, I've finished two of them now, uh, and we're planning on the third. I believe we're going to go to uh, where John Belushi died, uh, to his hotel room, and uh, out there in Los Angeles, Ooh. and see what we can get out of there. That's so, controversial. Don't you think that's a little controversial? I hope so. You well, know, I mean, you Jim, Jim Belushi's, you know, his brother's alive and in the cannabis space. Well, we, we we treat it with very much with respect. So we're not we're not goofing. We're just investigating god how rad would it be if he was willing to go with you oh man that would be awkward no <laughs> it would be <laughs> that though that's be, it's a really i mean there's so much i'm sure there's so much feeling there you oh. know I, i'm from the generation you know yeah. where belushi was huge animal house and yeah the comedy live and uh, you know, and some of these kids today, they don't they don't know where the roots came remember from. Remember that? Remember the scene in Animal House when the devil and the angel were on his shoulder? Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! That was I, the I, best. Dude, that movie. That movie is. I'm gonna is watch it tonight. Actually, movie. I'm gonna watch Animal House tonight. All right, all nostalgic. <laughs> yeah, uh, I might call you and we might phone watch it together. <laughs> dude, I'm, I'm so down. You're like a mystery science theater dab out. <laughs> oh man. So you're gonna do yeah, that? Where? Um, so where? Just for the listeners' sake, where? Did, where is the place of demise for Mr. Belushi? Uh, that's a, there's a hotel in Los Angeles. Uh, use Google. You know, it's pretty popular. I don't, I don't know the name offhand. And so you guys are gonna film. But I know it's room number seven. <laughs> dude that's going in you know i read a blog every time just a little quick like why they should listen and i'm gonna put room number seven in the title um brad so two are out third one's coming what else what what's i mean that's like four well, four shows is, is real big right now for us what is uh wrestle sesh oh that's right so we, wrestle sesh. i have the first Cannabis themed pro wrestling. So slow it down a little bit. Slow it down. So talk to people before you blow it up because it's so you need to build the anticipation with this because it's one of the funnest things I watched happen, you know, just through social media that you were doing. And so explain where the idea came from and like how it's rolling. Where'd it come from? So as a child, I, you know, I bonded with my family through WWF wrestling, Hulk Hogan, all that good stuff. You know, this is before the internet, before they had more than five channels. Uh, or we'd go to Madison Square Garden uh, and, and watch it front row. You know, it was a big thing for us. Um, and then I grew up and I grew out of wrestling and all that fun. Uh, well, I had the opportunity to be an announcer, you know, because I do comedy. Another comic was an announcer for a wrestling show uh, in a bar. So I went out there and I co-announced with them live commentary and we had a blast. We had a blast. Um, so I would go out and I would smoke out with all the wrestlers. I mean, all the wrestlers, like all of them, we have like 40 of us out there in one huge circle. Um, so I decided, uh, we, we had these cannabis belts. I started creating these belts and this is before we even had wrestle sesh, but they were lifetime awards or cannabis achievement awards uh, for people who really deserved it, who did work. Uh, Ginny Hare, Tommy Chong got one, Willie Nelson, uh, one of the Marlies. I mean, just you had to re do real work out there for no profit. Well, after a while of passing out these cool wrestling belts, because I like wrestling and I like cannabis, um, we did those at the Las Vegas Hemp Fest and wherever. Uh, 
I had the idea to mix the two and bring back the silliness of wrestling, uh, the stories and, you know, the way glow wrestling that's on Netflix, people are familiar with how their storylines go. And that's, you know, this, this cop versus this, you know, stoner who was just released wrongfully arrested after 10 years. And, um, we created wrestle sesh when it was very illegal. We had boots, you know, weed boots going around the areas and, uh, we started doing it regularly. We were paying the wrestlers in weed and, uh, we have matches that are like the iron lung match. And that's where two guys are <laughs> fighting, but they're smoking a blunt at the same time. And the ref will hold the blunt while they're punching. And so one guy will knock the other down and go for the pin, but there's still half a blunt left. So the pin don't count. He's got to get up and he's got to smoke on that blunt more until that blunt's gone. What? Uh, and that's how the pin counts. So when the, whoever finishes the blunt, now you can pin the guy. Wow. That's so rad. So we do the, a slumberjack match is where I put, uh, four guys with dab rigs on the outside of the ring. And anytime a wrestler gets knocked out, he has to dab his way to get back in the ring. He has to do a dab. <laughs> so I've been working with Julie Martinez. He's and so our, that's the one that you're really on fire with right now, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. That one right now is going actively in Colorado because the laws are a little different out there and we can still have our vending booths and yeah. everybody's smoking. Have uh, you tried to do it? Have you tried to month. do it yet in, in, uh, in California? Oh yeah, man. We've done like 10 shows in San Diego. We go to Vegas. Uh, we've done them in New Mexico, Arizona. We're just quiet because we don't want to go to jail. Sure. Uh, How do you get compliant <laughs> though? That, that doesn't seem like it would be that hard. We could, uh, well, uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I feel like once it's legal, it's not going to be as much fun. Possibly, but dude, it's I, people love that stuff. Do I see people flashing their belts all over the place? Oh yeah, yeah. We've got belt. We've got a female. Like you make champion. physical belts, people. These are not digital belts. He's handing out. These are like yeah, no, they're thirty pounds at least. They're giant. There's usually I have the main plate cut into a weed leaf, and I used to put sponsors on the sides or you know, shout outs or memorials, you know, whatever I want to throw on those side plates, uh, triple leather stitched. Uh, yeah, they're real, real wrestling belts. And so you have just the two matches, the one where you smoke the blunt and the one, no, 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 we got, we got everything. Uh, we have, you know, the one where you hang the pound above the ring and they have to ladder match to get it. Uh, just, just anything we can think of, you know, Anything we could think of, and uh, we had the upside downs. They had to do upside. <laughs> we just did one at Bongathon, uh, and Bongathon was insane. Where, where was Bongathon? To... Where was that? Bongathon is a by invitation only event in Denver, Colorado, at about ninety nine thousand feet up on on this mountain. Uh, and they are because you know mushrooms are legal in Colorado, so this whole place is done up with a mix of psychedelic theme and just, it was just insane. I, I married a couple in the wrestling ring. Uh, I'm ordained. So I married a couple, pretty sure everybody there was on mushrooms, the wrestlers, the referee, uh, you know, I was announcing it legally on mushrooms, uh, you know, it was birthday weekend. It was great. Uh, and then they wrestled and we had a great show and it, uh, just insane. We, we dress them up and we had Santa Claus come out once and, punch his way out while he's smoking a blunt. And it was a real Santa, like from the fraternal order of the real bearded Santas. Dude, that I'm like, 
dying over here trying not to laugh my face off. That was oh, if you have a smoke when you said you were an ordained minister, just like, oh, yeah, I'm an ordained minister too. It's like, geez, dude, like, what haven't you oh, done? Dude, I do, I do weed event uh, marriages. So at these these big events, we'll have you know the cannabis bouquet. We'll put up an altar. Uh, Pony boy from Los Marijuanos was up there singing some wedding song and. Uh, we married this couple up there and it was a beautiful, you know, Tommy Lucero wrote the, the vows for me and it was like, love is like a seed and it must be nurtured into the plant. And they're, they're instead of like, you know, the, the candle ceremony, they're passing blunts back and forth. I was crying. And then we just did one in the wrestling ring and we married two wrestlers, a male and a female. Uh, and now they're married for the rest of their lives. <laughs> so you realize you're a bio nightmare. Like when somebody oh, wants, I can't even, when people go, what do you do? I was like, yeah, I don't have time. I'm a comic. I'm a stand-up comic. <laughs> Cause I'm looking at it. I, I, you know, I try to take notes. I'm actually, after doing your notes, I'm thinking that every time I do a future uh, interview, I'm going to do everything. And then also take a picture of my notepad. Cause sometimes there's like nothing on the notepad, like not nothing, but like nothing. Right. I, I always listen afterwards. Right. I don't try to leave myself too many notes. Cause I want to go into it, listen afterwards and then peel the what kind of i think the interview is but dude my thing looks like a, a bad crossword puzzle in an airport um back of the jacket uh magazine you know it's oh, like man. i got like these like stars coming off things like michael boris actor ordained minister stand-up comic cannabis personality parapsychologist founder of leaf yeah. and bath beverage founder of nug life radio and overall paranormal psychic you know, it's like, Jesus, well, dude. If you check out also uh, Candid Chronicle, it's the first actual newspaper for cannabis. It's based out of San Diego. Uh, Who's doing that? That's there. not yours, is it? That's Chris Williams. I, I'm helped, I helped heavily to create it. So you write it. for I, it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I do celebrity interviews, and I write the hor- Horoscope, which is a cannabis-themed horoscope. Hor- hor- horoscope, whatever you say. Horticulture scope? Yeah, it's a horoscope. So it's a cannabis theme. So it's like some days, you know, Leo, this week it feels like you're sitting in the circle and the guy to the left hands you a joint and the guy to the right hands you a brownie, you know, and which one are you going to, you know, that's just that themed kind of, you know, and I'm actually doing your star charts and everything, but I'll, I'll theme it up so that. And you, you just know. do it under my medicinal mic? Uh, yeah, or Michael Boris. I'm well, don't say your last kidding. name, bro. You said some stuff on this thing. We're going to scrub that, but. Yes. <laughs> but dude, just yeah, but dude, just the thing is like you could be like medicinal Mike, parapsychologist and ordained minister, providing your horoscopes. Like, dude, there's a whole session like of that every day. You sh- that needs to be a video thing that we put I, up. I used to do that. I used to, you know, and I would do it on stage too because I'm I'm a great tarot reader as well. Uh, and I would read your cards while doing comedy. You know, making fun of what I'm reading as we go, or I'll get on Instagram and I'll do a two-dimensional cartoon of the character Burner from the Patience comic book that we do, uh, and I'll I'll Wait, talk at him. Whoa, 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 whoa! Stop, 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 stop! Listen, you do this. You don't even catch yourself, y'all. Yeah, I do a comic book too, but let me tell you, like, so what's the comic book name? I'm taking notes, bro. Come on. So the, the comic book is called Patience. Uh, I'll send you one. Okay. Uh, it's the one we're animating now, and that's with the Rick and Morty guys. Okay. So. Patience is a great man, high quality. My my artist Benji Cooper did fantastic, uh, you know. And I wrote I wrote it, but hysterical. Uh, and we also do a Patience comic clip for the Candid Chronicle every two weeks. 
so you could see strips, you know, three panel strips. We have a lot to talk about off air. Yeah. And then we have the the animation, which is hard because we're a small team, but the the guys that we've got have worked on Simpsons, Rugrats, uh, you know, just everything awesome growing up. And uh, now it's just putting it all together. We're slow because we're low manpower, but uh, the quality's there. Quality's always there. Dude. And then it's just waiting for the world to catch up. <laughs> um, fuck. It's a lot of shit, dude. So what, where are you going next? What's up for, for medicinal? Uh, we're starting a cannabis daycare. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, my um, God. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, what I'm doing now is I'm getting my company squared away. Uh, I stayed off camera for the last year doing that. Uh, well, I've done little stuff, you know, I did the, the little movies and stuff, but I'm not doing as much stage comedy cause now it's notarizing and board members. Um, but the animation we're doing currently, the highly ghosted we're doing currently wrestle sesh is, uh, I think tomorrow night out there in Colorado. Um, and then, you know, just figuring out how to get it all done and keep on doing it. <laughs> no, so are you hosting any events coming I'm up? Manager, I just do it. <laughs> I keep my mind occupied. Do are you uh, are you hosting any events in the near future? Uh, yes, uh, we have one with Usher. This is in Vegas. This is one of the bigger ones. Uh, it's November. No, no, no. October. You know, I you have to check my Facebook or Instagram. Um, but I know Usher's there. I know they've got Mike Tyson, uh, and it's all cannabis themed. And if there's a, it's a basketball, there's a basketball event, a boxing, and then we're going to do the wrestle sesh for them as well, which is a lot sillier. And, and I, I can like find that. that on your, on your Facebook. Yeah, you will this week. We're just, they're just ironing out the details, I guess with Usher or whatever, but I'm allowed to say it. Uh, and then there's a show coming up. In November, uh, the Planet Green CBD Expo, that's also in Vegas. That one's, I think, like November 3rd. Uh, and they've got a bunch of people there, too. Kid Rock or somebody. I don't know. So we'll make sure and we include that in the blog. Comedy and throw free stuff. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to actually make it a point to come to one of those, two. Where I'm, I really want to. The wrestle session, if you're going to anything, come to the wrestle sesh. Oh, uh, we'll, make, we'll put you in the ring. We'll make you, like, the manager of somebody. Oh, dude, get... let me be the... I'll do. I'll play sick. some role. I would be stoked to play a role. Oh yeah, yeah. And we, we won't let you get hurt unless you want to. I don't and then care. We'll let them, yeah, yeah. If you want your slap, your chest slapped up. Oh, they love doing that. Oh God, my yeah. Yeah, my, I'm gonna have to work out a little bit so things don't jiggle when I get slapped. That's my biggest fear, man. Always wear a tank top when you're working with wrestlers. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, I want you to shout, tell people where they can find you. You have a lot of – I want you to air out every single one of your social media handles so, so that pe- people can find you. And so take the stage. 105 on Cannabis Club TV. Uh, you can see me at uh, the Candid Chronicle if you want to read our stuff. Uh, medicinal underscore Mike on Instagram. That's usually where I post everything to Facebook. If you know my mom, uh, and I mean, just, you know, we're on everything. So just look at, look up Nug Life radio. You can hear that on KNSJ 89.1 in San Diego. Uh, right now they're doing replays until next week when we start, uh, cranking up the show again, it's going to be a little different this time. We're going to do a lot more, uh, Dad role, I guess, is a way to put it. So, did you say dad? You know, dad, like a dad role. You know, we're just, I, you know, like you said, it takes a lot of work, and you put in a lot of effort, and you you earn your spot to where you're at. Sure. And 
there's a new model coming out of these people that are taking what isn't theirs. If you go to a Lifetime Achievement Award and you don't know why you're winning that Lifetime Achievement Award, you shouldn't be accepting a Lifetime Achievement Award or a show that gives out 40 of them at a time. You know, and that's just the new thing. Everybody's just trying to gratify themselves and they, and they got to be kindly reminded that there's still work to do. And, you know, if you don't want to do the work, fine. There are people that, that do, and that's where we're going to make sure that spotlight goes. And I think that's an appropriate ending to our hour. And, uh, man, dude, you dropped some bombs on here as far as, like, just working your face off and being super creative and doing what you love and, and uh, combining cannabis with all of that. That's, uh, that's exactly what we're all about. And thank you for being on the show today, man. It's been amazing. No, thanks for having me, man. Just never, never stop. Don't let people that tell you you can't do anything and just keep grinding at it because the worse it gets, the better it's going to turn out. Amen. Talk to you soon, Mike. All right, brother. Thanks for having me. That's a wrap. Thank you for listening to this edition of Cannabis Karaoke, another kick-ass podcast about all things cannabis. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and our website, CannabisKaraoke.tv. And if you or someone you know would like to be on the show, please hit the Book Your Interview button on the right. Cannabis Karaoke, grab the mic and tell your story. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to PodConnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey friends, I'm Brandon and I'm Saba and we are your host of the Cannabis Hangout podcast, an educational platform to connect with the cannabis community and share personal stories while breaking the stigma of marijuana. Join us every Sunday at 7 p.m. to gain valuable insight with different perspectives from industry leaders, growers, and medical marijuana patients. This is a place to learn so much from different angles in the cannabis industry. So tune in while we break it all down.